0: chapter 13 I will be in Romans chapter 5 for the message this morning. But but I want to look at some of those other passages and I want us to see how these three and uh, we'll be looking at some verses like First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, where the Bible says, remember without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love and patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, First Thessalonians 5, 8, this is a neat verse. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. And uh, we have faith, hope and love there as they protect our head and our heart. And and uh, Hebrews chapter six, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work of and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence of full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so uh, tonight um, we'll get to look at some of those additional passages. We'll kind of set the ground, uh, the the foundation this morning as we look at faith, hope and love. So you want to be back here tonight, six o'clock, a midweek Bible study in Genesis and and uh, folks continue to tell me that Wednesday Bible study, the most helpful service of the week. So you want to be here and and, as we open up the word of God Wednesday at six thirty, so I want to make mention of of those things so it 's great to see each and every one of you boy continue to pray for one another and and uh, keep uh, Jan Humiston in your prayers and and uh, and my wife uh, her so many of you have asked, and uh, the surgery Thursday was uh, the doctor said a success she 's still recovering and recuperating and and I appreciate the concern and the prayers for that, but uh, um, Uh, Let's continue to uh, to love one another and labor in that love, as we'll get to see in the Word tonight. All right, I think that'll do it for our announcements. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We've got a few guests with us and delighted to have you uh, here in the service with us this morning. Reagan, good to have you, God bless you and. And uh of course, Ivani's not a guest anymore, but uh we're still glad to have her with us and and uh elizabeth's home uh helping with uh, some of our little ones that are are ill and uh um, and uh, let's see first Corinthians chapter thirteen and of course, many of you know of this passage as as uh, the passage on love and as uh Paul addresses this matter and I want us to look uh specifically. At verse 13. But I want us to back up to verse 8. And I want us to read 8 through verse 13. And when we get down to verse 13. We'll read that together. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we'll begin reading in verse 8. If you're able, would you stand with me for the reading of the word of God? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these. And Let's read verse 13 again. I forgot to pause and get everybody with us. Let's all read that together. Ready? And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three but the greatest of these. And let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Father, we thank You that You have exalted these graces. Father, for us to take note of. For us to learn from. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would humble ourselves and submit ourselves to Your Holy Spirit as He accomplishes Your work in our lives. Father, I pray that these graces would grow. Father, we grow in faith. We grow in love. We grow in hope. Father, I pray that, Lord, Your work would be accomplished in us this morning. I pray that You would encourage our hearts. And Father, remind us of the truth that, Father, we need to keep our eyes on You. Live each and every day by faith trusting You, hoping for what You have for us, loving You in all that we do. Father, I pray that You would bless. Father, if there be one here this morning that does not know the love of Christ. Father, they have been trying to, on their own merit, make themselves acceptable in Your sight. Father, I pray that today Your Spirit would convict them of the fruitlessness of such an effort. And Father, they would come to Christ They would come seeing the love that is manifest to us on the cross. And Father, they would, through faith, receive the salvation that has already been won for them. Father, we ask Your blessing and help. May Your Spirit fill me and use this unworthy and stammering tongue to preach the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. You know, as we live in this sin-cursed earth, we have come to understand that life is about change. You know, some of us don't like change. I'm one of those. I resist change. I fight against change. And yet, change is a part of life. And, and, uh, you know, people come and go in our lives and and uh, times change and 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 people change but the bible tells us here in this passage there are three things that will always abide now abideth faith hope and charity you see these graces will remain they will abide and paul in 1 corinthians is writing to a church as you if you have have read Paul's epistle to the Corinthian church and you see some of the things that he is addressing, uh, you kind of shake your head a little bit. And uh, this church had had a lot of problems to deal with. And uh, Paul, in his letter, addresses some schisms in the church as as there was a uh, a disunion. The church was disjointed and and uh, some were saying, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos and I'm of Cephas and and the the infighting that resulted from that 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 kind of pride and and uh, there were oh many other things some can't even be men- mentioned in in uh, polite company uh, some of the immorality that was uh, that was there in the church that is being rebuked and and in uh, Christians uh, uh, suing other Christians and 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 Paul addresses these different issues and and in addition to. Uh, these rebukes because of their sin and even open sin in the church, one of the things that Paul addresses is these christians that were that that were arguing about spiritual gifts, and you, you, you read on you, you read back the previous chapter twelve and read on into chapter fourteen and and one of these spiritual gifts that was causing a lot of confusion and disruption in the body of christ was was tongues. Here we are almost 2,000 years later and one of the gifts that causes disruption in the body of Christ is tongues. And and, and, and here in chapter 13, Paul takes a moment and exalts not spiritual gifts, but spiritual graces. And in chapter 13, Paul reminds us that without love, everything is pointless. Look back at verse 1 of chapter 13. As Paul writes, follow along with me as I read. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal without love. It's just noise. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing though i bestow my all my goods to feed the poor and though i give my body to be burned and have not charity it profiteth me nothing we we understand that 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 love gives and and uh, love gives sacrificially but paul says sacrifice without love is it is pointless and and uh, you know it's it, it's important that we understand this aspect about love see paul as he says uh, now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. You know, and as we gather on this Lord's Day, and by the way, we get into chapter 16, Paul reminds us that the church at Corinth and, and of course other Christian, uh, groups, they, they met on the first day of the week. They met on the Lord's Day. But as we gather and we worship on this Lord's Day, it's important that every single one of us understands this truth about love. We need to understand the love of God. And the love of God as it's been given to us and how we show that love to God by loving one another. And the message, of course, is not uh, specifically about love, but I want to remind us that every single one of us as we gather together in worship, every single one of us has that responsibility not just to be a sponge and soak up love, but to give love and to show love and uh, sometimes I invite people to church and, and they tell me, well, I, I worship at home, or I listen to this preacher, or I, I follow this TV evangelist. And, and my question is, how do you show God's love? How can you love the body of Christ? How can you show your love to God when you're just receiving and not giving? And, uh, and love, but, but understand that love is foundational to everything that we do as a Christian. In fact, this matter of love is so important that Jesus summed up all the commandments, the Ten Commandments and the hundreds of other commandments in the Old Testament with that truth about love. Look at Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. Would you read it with me, please? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets said so if you could sum it all up, love God, love your neighbor, love god, love others and 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 so of these graces, the greatest is love. Now, trying to understand a little bit more as to why love is greater than say faith or 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 hope it's it's suggested. By Bible Bible scholars and commentators that that uh, that that love is the greatest because love will live on in heaven and we understand that in heaven we won't walk by faith because well the Bible says our faith will become sight and uh, and our hope will have been realized. So some commentators propose that that uh, that that faith and hope have been discontinued now. I want to point out it's not that they've been discontinued. It's that they've been fulfilled. You know, Jesus didn't didn't come when he came. He didn't say, I've come to discontinue the old covenant, the old testament law. No, no, no. He said, I've not come to destroy the law, I've come to what? Fulfill. And our hope has been fulfilled, and our faith has been fulfilled when we stand in the presence of God. But but the, in 1 Corinthians, Paul takes these three graces, faith and Hope and love. And he said, yes, the greatest of these is love. But these abide and, and, and these continue. And this faith and hope and love, these are the what and the how and the why of everything that we do as a Christian. You see, the faith is the what. You see, as you live each and every day, you're making choices and decisions. And, and uh, th- that is all evidence of your faith. You see, James, in his epistle, he said, he said, I will show you my faith by my works. I'll show you my faith. Here's what I did today. Here's what I did yesterday. Here's what I plan on doing tomorrow. And, and every single day, as a child of God, we walk by faith. And that is the what. And, and the how is our hope. How can we keep going on? How can we keep putting one foot in front of another? And sometimes we hear of a brother or sister and they're just going through. The Bible describes it as a fiery trial. And, and uh, man, we think, man, I, there's no way I could do that. How do they keep pressing on? Let me tell you, the how is your hope. And uh, how can we praise God in the midst of trial and in everything give thanks? You you see, that is our hope. And the love is the why. Why we do what we do is because of love. And and our faith and our hope and our love is the what and the how and the why of the Christian life. And these triad of, of, of Christian graces must permeate everything that we do as a Christian. You see, to the point that when people look at us, they see it. They see. One songwriter said, "You know, when the world looks at me, what do they see? And they need to see that faith and that hope and that love. And these graces that are given to us at salvation. You see, you and I are expected to walk in the Spirit so the Spirit can cultivate that faith and hope and love as we grow in our Christian walk. But I want us to take just a moment and, uh, and, uh, and introduce uh, and look at some basic definitions of faith, hope, and love. And we get down to point four that that's actually the message this morning. And we'll look at some other passages, as I mentioned, Lord willing, tonight. First of all, number one, your faith is the measure of your personal confidence in God. Faith is the measure of your personal confidence in God. What is faith? Faith is simply trusting God. Trusting God. Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two. Let's read that together, ready? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained. See, faith is your trust in God. Faith is your reliance on what God has said in His word without verification. Without experience. It is you as a Christian believing what God has said. That's why the Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, God said it and we believe it. We take God at His word. It's trusting God. But see, it's trusting God in every area of your life. It's trusting God with your job. It, it, you know, it, it's trusting God. When the boss calls you in the office, says good job, and he gives you a pay raise. It's trusting God when you hear word the factory's closing down. Or, or you, you, you hear you're being, you're being let go. It is trusting God with your job. It's trusting God with your money. It's trusting God with that unexpected bill. It's, it's trusting God when you go to the store and you realize prices have, 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 have doubled. It's trusting God with that diagnosis. It's trusting God with that relationship. It's trusting God with that social media posts and and uh, the, the, the junk that's being said. It, it, it's, it's trusting God with that sin that has been committed against you. That evil that has been perpetrated against you. It is trusting God in every area of life. You see, God wants you as His child to walk by faith. To trust Him in everything. You know, as parents, one thing I, I find myself saying to my children... Trust me. Just trust me. You know, I I I want my children. And sometimes I'll 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 let them do it their way so they can learn that I was right. (laughs) Okay. But 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 what do I want from them? You know, when I tell them something, I don't need them to talk back or argue with me about uh, about how they want to do it and and uh, how they no no no. I want them to. God wants us as His children to trust. Him. And every single day is an opportunity for you to live and walk by faith. You see, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, would you read it with me please? But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder. Them that diligently seek Him. You know, as you read on in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about great stories of faith. One of my favorites. Is the story of Moses. Not Moses' faith. Moses' parents' faith. The faith of Amram and Jochebed Who the Bible says by faith hid Moses. The command was, what was clear. All baby boys were to be cast into the river, but they lived and walked by faith knowing there could be repercussions. And, and we see how God used their faith in a, in a miraculous way as Moses grows up to be the deliverer of Israel. Not tomorrow, not in a few months or even a few years, but, but God used Moses in such a tremendous way. And I I love the faith that Moses' parents had. You see, this that this faith. Faith is a measure of your confidence in God. How much confidence, how much stock do you have in God and in His Word? That brings us to our second point. Number two. Your hope is the expectation of good based on the character of God. And the promises he has made. Hope is the expectation of good. Based on the character of God. And the promises he has made. Hope is not as it's sometimes expressed. A wish. Or a dream. Okay. Hope is an expectation. Now. I want to remind us. Expectations can get us in a lot of trouble. Okay. You know a lot of times we. We have expectations out of 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 what's going to happen, and it's not really clear to us where those expectations come from. You know, some people are just optimists and they just expect everything to work out right, and and uh, and uh, everything's just, everything's just going to turn out okay. You know, and and we we haven't necessarily thought as to how it's going to turn out or why it's going to turn out that way, but but we have these expectations, and and we've got to sort through them because. Because sometimes our expectations are based on what others are going to do. When we have expectations in people, we're going to find ourselves in trouble real quick. You see, if our hope is in man, you're going to be disappointed again and again. Even to the point of being disillusioned. You know, when I talk to people and they say, Oh, yeah, I used to go to church and, you know, and, and I went to this church and I was a Sunday school teacher there. I served faithfully and then here it comes. Pastor did this. Deacon so and so did this. Sister so and so did this. You see, they had expectations out of people. Their expectations are in man and now they find themselves disillusioned see, I want to remind you, we sing it, the arm of flesh will fail you. Now, whether that's someone else's arm or your own arm, the song goes on to say you dare not trust your own. Knowing how often the arm of flesh fails you, you ought not to trust in your own arm and in your own strength. You see, Psalm 42, verse 5 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. You see, our hope in God is a hope. It is an expectation of good. It is an anticipation that eventually, in God's time and in God's way, God is going to bring it to pass. God is going to bring Good in my now again. Why? Why do we have this hope? This hope is not because I'm good. This hope is not because people are good. This hope is not because this world is good. This hope is based on the character of God. And as you study scripture, you understand one thing that God is good. God is good. Our hope is based on the character of God. It rests in the nature of God. Psalm 62, verse verse 5 and 6. Would you read this with me, please? Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6. Ready? My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Oh, listen, I have hope because God is good. My hope is based in Him. It's because God is love. It's because God is merciful. Do you see how this works? My expectation is because who He is. God is just. And, and God is kind. And God loves, the Bible says, to give good things to His children. Would you read Matthew chapter 7, verse 11? I love this passage. Ready? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things unto them that ask Him? You know, if you're a father, you love giving good things to your children. You love blessing your children. And the Bible tells us that God is the same. You see, our expectation can be good, though we are in a difficult circumstance and we're in a trial and and uh you know we our hope is in God, and our expectation is based on the character of God and the promises he has made on wednesday night we're uh, We're studying through the book of Genesis and we're in the life of Joseph right now. If you're familiar with the story of Joseph, you understand the the, the difficulty that he went through. And how his life seemed to go from bad to worse to worst. And yet, through it all, we see a hope that Joseph possessed that kept him from sinking into despair and despondency and sin in those difficulties and in those trials. You see, when he was a slave and even when he was... Pharaoh's dungeon, he believed the word that God had spoken to him, that God had given him in a dream when he was just a boy. And he always had that hope. He based his hope in the promises of God and that one day God would use him in a mighty and powerful way. Psalm 119 verse 81, would you read that with me? Say, please, my soul fainteth for thy salvation. But I hope in thy word. You see, so many people, as they go, as they face the difficulties of of, of life, they they suffer from anxiety and and depression. See, and hope is one of those things that you, you really don't realize how valuable it is until it's gone. Until you've lost hope. See, the best thing that you can do to treat those those conditions. It's not a Prescription from the doctor. It's right here in the Word of God. Studying the Scriptures. Reading the Bible will build your hope. Because it will build your confidence in God. And it will sustain you in times of great difficulty. In times of fiery trial. It will build your hope. Because hope is that expectation of good. Based on the character of God. And the promises that God has made. Oh, to be in that place where you're enveloped in the darkness, and as far as you can see, there, there, there's, there's nothing good on the horizon, and life has seemed to lost all meaning. You, you can listen. If you have hope, you, that you can sustain the most difficult circumstances. The Bible says the spirit of man, it, it can sustain the most difficult of adversities. But the soul of man has to have hope. And listen, that hope is not based in a que sera sera, whatever will be, will be. Or, or, uh, you know, there's going to be a silver lining to that dark cloud. Listen, it's not going to be because you're an optimist and it's just all going to work out. No, my friend, as a Christian, your hope is in God because the Bible says that God will bring it to pass. See, for the Christian, our hope is in Jesus. The Bible says we're looking for that blessed hope. Look at Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Faith, the measure of your personal confidence in God. Hope, the expectation of good based on the character of God and the promises He has made. That brings us to our third point, love. Love, an unconditional concern for the well-being of another. Love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is not euphoria. Love is not an attraction. You don't fall in love. You don't fall out of love. Yeah, love is a choice. Love is a commitment. You see, and uh, love is a decision. It is the decision to affectionately and unconditionally commit yourself to the needs of another at your own expense, without thought of return. You know, see, now here's here's what's so ironic about love. Love is something that everybody wants. But so few people are willing to give. See, love. An unconditional concern for the well-being of another. See, love has to be the reason why we do what we do. You see, love was God's motivation. Love is the why. Why would Jesus leave the splendor and glory of heaven and come into this sin-cursed world to be rejected by His creation and crucified on a cross? Why would God do that? Well, the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Love was the reason why. Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, this love, this love that we have been given, when we look at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, this love that we see, this love that we feel, is the love that you and I have been instructed to give. You know, the Bible tells us that as a Christian, everything that we do is because of love. It's the love of Christ that constrains us. What is it that keeps us from going off the rails and running back to? It's the love of Christ. It's the love of Christ that causes me not just to not just to begrudgingly obey His commandments. No, no, no. It's the love of Christ that causes me to delight in His commandments, to 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 run to His word, to love, to keep His word. John fourteen twenty one. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You see, the Bible tells us it's this love. Love in us. We love God, and because we love him, we want to do things that please him. By the way, young people that are here in the service this morning, many of them downstairs, you say you love mom and dad. Do you keep their commandments? See, I want to remind us that when it comes to this matter of love, Paul has already reminded us the greatest of these is love. You see, it's not about uh, it's not about how I look or uh, about uh, what, what others think of me. It's not about what I can get away with or what I think I can get away with. Listen, if I love God, I'm going to keep his commandments. Young man, young lady, you love your mom and dad. You're not going to be sneaking around behind their back and involving yourself in, in things that they have, they have instructed you not to and things that they have forbidden. You're not going to be talking to your siblings about your parents behind their back. No, no, no. Listen, if you love your mom and dad, you have their commandments. You want their commandments. You keep their commandments. You see, if the Bible tells us that we don't love God because we love ourselves. And it's that selfishness, that self-centeredness that keeps us from showing that love. But the Bible goes on to say that we show our love for God by loving one another. You know, God is in heaven. Jesus Christ is not here. I can't run up and uh, throw my arms around His neck and, and, uh, and physically, in His ear, tell Him I love Him. But I can do that to a brother in Christ. Not always appropriate to do it to a sister in Christ. But you sisters in Christ can, can throw your arms around each other's neck. And and, uh, and I love you. And we express that love to one another. To the body of Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 13, A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this show all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. You see, there's several passages. In the New Testament, where we see these three graces, faith, hope, and love mentioned together. And I want us to look at the first of them. Take the Bibles and turn to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. Lord willing, we'll get to look at a few more tonight, but Romans chapter five. Verse 1, the Bible says this Therefore, I tell you what, you're there, would you read it with me? Read verses 1 through 5. Ready? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh experience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. See, here in this passage, faith, hope, and love. And so, we see in this passage, I'll go ahead and give it to you right now, the believer is justified by faith, the believer is rejoicing in hope, and the believer is resting in love. And I want us to see how these three graces interact and play off of each other. And uh, we see, first of all, faith. Therefore, if, if you're able, if you've gotten the blanks filled out and you're able to read that first phrase with me of chapter 5, verse 1, ready? Therefore, being justified by, there it is, faith, faith justified by faith. Now, I want to remind you without faith that none of this is possible. Okay? Without faith, he goes on to speak about peace with God. There is no peace with God. You see, without faith, we are still condemned under the weight of our sin. We're still guilty and deserving of the wrath of God. And the Bible tells us that we are justified by faith. It is faith in the work of Christ. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, it is, the, it is your faith in the finished work of Christ that changes your standing before God. The Bible says we are justified. And this is a legal term. It means you have been officially pardoned the charges were there and, uh, and and uh the 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 court case was ready to proceed and and uh, the, the 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 charges were going to be read and and you had no defense you were guilty but now you have been pardoned and the sins that 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 you were charged with are no longer on your record you see now in this passage in context of Romans chapter 5 paul is telling us this doesn't happen Because we're good this doesn't happen specifically you could say because Abraham if you read back into the previous chapter because Abraham participated in a religious ritual specifically circumcision you're not justified because you're baptized or because you partake of the Lord's Supper because you memorize a creed or you pray a prayer you are justified by faith in the finished work of Christ. You see, Christ, because Christ died on the cross, because Christ took your your sins upon Himself and bore the wrath of God in His body, you have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been cleansed from your sin, freed from sin, cleansed from that sin. And one Bible student said it this way, we're justified by faith, just as if I'd never sinned. And uh, we have been officially pardoned and our record has been cleared. And that's all by faith. Without faith, none of this is possible. But then the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible goes on to speak of this hope. Okay, it says, verse 2, By whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and, notice this, say it with me, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So faith changes our standing before God and so now you and I have hope and this hope causes us to rejoice you See now see before as a lost person as an unbeliever I can't rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice now, now I can obey that command now I have hope and uh, this hope will have you glorying in tribulations. Now, I want to remind us the difficulties of life in this sin-cursed earth are varied. There are many. Money problems and health problems and relationship problems and the car breaks down and the water goes out and the cat dies. Well, that might not be such a curse. It might be a blessing. I don't know. For some of you, it might be a blessing. But listen, the uncertainties of living in this sin-cursed world are many. And it's so easy to find ourselves down and dejected because of our circumstances. But listen, I want to remind you, God doesn't want you living under circumstances. Because we have Him. We have the living God. And hope is simply this. What are you looking at? This morning, May 21st, 2023. I ask you, what are your eyes set on? What are you looking at? You see, hope has nothing to do with your current circumstances. It has everything to do with what is in your view. What are you taking in? What are your eyes focused on? Remember when Peter stepped out of the boat? You know, initially he had his eyes on Jesus. You know, at first it was, Who's that that's coming to us on the water in the middle of this storm? And then it was Jesus. And then it's, Oh Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And he gets out there and he gets walking on the water. And the Bible says he took his eyes off the Lord. He began to look at the waves. He, he began to look around at the wind. And, and you see, we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's amazing. Astronomers, they'll, 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 they'll see a twinkle of light. Boy, they'll take those telescopes and, They'll focus those telescopes in and they'll look they'll look past vast uh amounts, amounts distances that, that I'll be honest with you, I can't even comprehend. You know, a parsecs and, uh, you know, they'll look past, you know, these millions of parsecs just to see, just to get a glimpse of that light. You see, and you and I, when we're in the darkness of our circumstances, In the the difficulty and in the trial, you keep your eyes on God because God is light. And in light, He is all the hope you need to see you through. Keep your eyes on God because in God your future is good. You know, I think about David as a boy, as a shepherd. He didn't ask for it. He was out watching the sheep one day. was called from the field and there was Samuel. Samuel said, I'm here to anoint the next king. And before David knew it, Samuel had taken that, that, that cruise of oil out and was dumping it on his head telling him that he was going to be the next king of Israel. Now, between that moment and the day David sat on his throne and was crowned king of all Israel, it was a lot of trials. And a lot of difficulties. You see, but David had hope and David again and again in the Psalms reminds us that the Lord is his hope you see as long as you keep your eyes on God as long as you stay focused on that light listen you can get through the blackness that surrounds you the darkness of your difficulty Paul says that's why this hope is so powerful it can cause you to glory in tribulations this is not because we're psychotic and we enjoy pain but look what it says. It says, we glory in tribulations. Why? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience worketh experience, and experience works what? Hope. There it is. It's hope. And we can rejoice. Listen, not because we found the silver lining. You know, it wasn't long before I moved to Michigan, I realized there are cloudy days. We'll have cloudy weeks where there's no silver lining. I mean, you can look as much as you want to and there is not a ray of sunshine. Do you know what? Hope says beyond that cloud. And what I can't see... There is a sun that is still shining. And though I can't see it, God has promised that the sun would continue to shine until the day He doesn't need it anymore because He is going to be our light. And I know that sun is still shining. And I can just keep trusting God in the difficulty and in the trial. Oh, it may be dark. But off in the distance, there's that speck of light and things may be bad. But listen, my friend, God is good. And hope is that expectation of good based on the character of God. And one day, my friend, we are going to be with our hope in the glory and splendor of eternity. See, what this hope does, allows you to lift your eyes off your circumstances and focus on something else. You know, in Psalm 3. David described the Lord as the lifter of his head. You know, I, I, I think about that. I've got toddlers at home and well, sometimes they get dejected and you can see it all over their face. You know, their lips out, their heads down. And I almost picture God like a loving father putting his finger under David's chin and lifting his head up, changing his focus. Instead of looking at the difficulty and the trial. Oh, listen, take in something that's much, much more wonderful to take in. Our great God. And listen, you don't have to walk around dejected and defeated because God is the lifter of your head. Faith. Hope. Love. Look again at verse 5. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Boy, I love this. I, you know, and again, it's not a way that we would uh, use this word. You know, we would say the the love of God filled our hearts, So we'd say something like that. But, but the the picture here it, it's so powerful. It, you know, God just didn't pour in His love. Okay, the love is shed abroad. You know, when the the light shines, it 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 shines in places. It shines everywhere. Places that. Light normally wouldn't get to. And God's love will is poured into our hearts in such a way that it fills every little nook and cranny of our heart is filled with God's love. And the Holy Spirit bears witness of this truth that God is love. And how is it that we can have this hope day after day and month after month? And boy, we've been through the 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 uh, the, the, the the treatments, and and uh, and our, our our situation has not changed. The doctor says it's still stage 3 or still stage 4. And and people begin to wonder, how on earth can they hang on? How on earth can they continue to have hope? Listen, my friend, the reason that we can have hope is because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. See, God is love. God is love and the Holy Ghost reminds me of this wonderful truth again and again and again the songwriter said it this way I am so glad that my father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given wonderful things in the Bible I see Do you know it can you say it with me but this is the dearest that Jesus loves me oh I'm so glad that Jesus loves me aren't you Jesus loves, as the songwriter say, even me. Even me. All oh, the love that we have. Turn over to Romans chapter 8 with me, would you please? Romans chapter 8. In this passage, Paul has been taking these graces and, and uh, dwelling on them particularly. And earlier in this chapter, it was hope. In, uh, verse, Look at verse 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope, that is not seen is not hope. But what a man seeth, why doth he hope for? But if we hope for that which is not, we see not, then do we with patience... wait. He's, he, he explores this idea of hope. But he gets all the way down to the end of the chapter. Look at verse 35. How can we have this hope? Verse 35, he tells us it's because of the love of Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation... Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, as it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, would you read it with me? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Oh, listen, my friend, what difficulty are you facing? I want to remind you that in Christ, you are not just an endurer. You are a conqueror through Him that loved you. Oh, listen, there is nothing that can separate you from Christ's love. And God, Christ loves you. And in your trial, somehow, His grip is not going to slip. He's not going to lose you. He, he has you in your circumstances. And that is what keeps the hope of a Christian boy day after day after day. Let's keep reading. Verse 38, Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Verse 39, would you read it with me? Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow! What love! What love! Oh, listen, my friend, understand that in 2023, you're resting on something. Your you, your your confidence is in something in 2023, what are you going to put your confidence in? In the economy? Are you going to put your confidence in your 401k in, in in social security? What 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 is your confidence in? What is going to meet your needs? What is going to take care of you? Politics. Is your is your confidence in your health and your strength? Listen, I want to remind you, the arm of flesh will fail you. So many of us, without even realizing it, we we rely on our own determination and our own resolve and our own willpower and strength to get us through. I want to remind you, our faith needs to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your confidence in? Oh, some people put their confidence in one particular person. That person is their rock. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a parent or, or, or a sibling or a friend. Listen, I want to remind you, there is something far, far better than any of those. And that is our great God. Because our God and His love never changes. You can rest in His love today. God loves you. God loved you before the foundation of the world. And He will love you From eternity past to eternity future. God loves you. That's why look at Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Jeremiah writes, This I recall to mind. (laughs) Therefore, I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Verse 24 through 26. Would you read it with me? The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation. If I can remind you of the context, the Lamentations, this was the prophet's lament. Because of God's judgment against their sin. And yet, in the judgment of God, regardless of how difficult things were going to become, regardless of, of, of the things that God had spoken to Jeremiah about the ways that He would judge His people and He would punish them, He has hope. Why? Because He understands the mercies of God, the compassion of God, the love of God. The love of God will never change. Do you see why Paul elevates these graces? Faith, hope, charity. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Say it with me as best you can. Ready? And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Before we go any further, I want to ask you, have you realized